Hi, this is Kevin McCullough. Thanks for listening to the Christian Outlook podcast, where we cover today's issues from a perspective that honors your Christian faith. Our podcast is brought to you through a partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I trust you'll enjoy. If you have a family and you have kids, you know how difficult it is with the multi-attacks that are going on against your family and yourself and your kids and your spouse from Satan himself. Well, we want to talk about a new book that I think that will help you from somebody who has uh, walked in some of these very dark and serious valleys along his journey of life. The name of the book is War in the Wilderness. Fight for your family when life isn't as it should be. Joining me this afternoon is Brian Hayes. And he has served the church locally and globally as a pastor for more than 25 years. His focus is on family and parenting and discipleship. He is the author of three other books, Relentless Parenting, The Crucial Pursuit of Your Teen's Heart, Shift, What It Takes to Finally Reach Families Today, and The Legacy Path, Discover Intentional Spiritual Parenting. It is a landmine. It's a difficult landmine for us to traverse, but with that, let's find out a little bit more about uh, Brian Hayes' journey and uh, some insight he has for us. And Pastor, it's good to have you with us this afternoon. Thank you, Bill. Really glad to be here. Choosing of the words war in the wilderness, I don't think there's any more of an accurate description the moment we leave our house or the moment we turn on something electronically inside of our house Talk about that and talk about our awareness needs to be at the tip top for this. Yeah, I think it's really important for us to understand that we are raising our families in an environment that is categorized theologically in the scriptures as wilderness. So if you if you understand the Bible from start to finish, you realize that after sin enters the picture in Genesis chapter 3, Humanity is tossed outside sort of garden number one, the Garden of Eden. It was paradise, no guilt, no shame, nothing between God and people. And we don't see that again until the end of the Scriptures when we come to the New Jerusalem in Revelation where there's no more tears, no more crying, no more pain anymore. Sin is outside the camp. But everything between Genesis chapter 3 and Revelation 21 is wilderness or desert. And this is a metaphor for life in the scriptures. And I think sometimes as families, as moms and dads, grandparents, we forget that we are, we are traversing a, a wilderness uh, landscape spiritually as we raise our children. And also, in the midst of that desert experience, just the environment, we have a very real enemy that is at war against uh, all things holy. Um, the Jesus described the enemy as the, the thief and the liar. He says he came to kill, steal, and destroy. And so this is our uh, this is our reality. And, and I think we just shelved it. I think we've heard these things. Maybe we we know a little bit about these things, but we don't think that we are actually in a war in the wilderness. And the reality is that we certainly are. 
I just returned from Israel taking my pilgrimage group, um, and uh, it's amazing when you go to the Holy Land. The minute you start heading down south off Jerusalem, uh, the hilltops there, and uh, within moments you are in the desert. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a wilderness. And so I always remember about the Israelites leaving Egypt, fleeing the Egyptians, crossing the Red Sea, and because of their stubbornness, now they were out in this horrible environment for 40 years, but Mm -hmm. we read at every moment God was with them. And so as we think about God being with them, sometimes we don't really stop to think that God is with us now, and we we may not be clamoring for food or water, but we are in a wilderness in an area that may not have wild animals that are attacking or the natural resources, but we have other elements of Satan's tools ready to come after us. But we have to remember that God is still with us. Talk a little bit about the adversary because he really wants you and he also wants your children badly so that he derails them for the rest of their life. Talk about that. Right. I I agree with you that that trip from Jerusalem south uh, really shows you a good picture of this metaphor for life, um, the wilderness or the desert. And the adversary that we're up against, <clears throat> he uses specific tactics really to uh, to destroy uh, people and families. Uh, one of the one of the most common things that, that he will do uh, is is tell lies. And these lies are easily believable, especially if we're going through hard times or suffering or we've been hurt or wounded or anything like that. The enemy will will oftentimes use those times in our lives to really tell lies about God, uh, to tell lies about our, ourselves, and to tell lies about other people. And these are the tactics that he's been using, you know, from the, from the very beginning. We see it in Genesis chapter 3. And then all through the scriptures, he, he wants us to believe untruths about God, things like God isn't really with you or God isn't as good as he said he would be because you're going through these difficult circumstances. Uh, when the truth of the matter is, uh, God is good. He is with us. Uh, and our family story really just uh, proves that out in a practical way. But right in the middle of the wilderness, God is with us. I think it's interesting when you think about the people coming out of Egypt into the wilderness. Uh, it, it was 40 years of testing for them, but they get in the deepest parts of the wilderness, they get miracles from heaven that see them through, like, like manna from heaven or water from a rock. And it just emphasizes uh, God's care for his people, even in the middle of the wilderness, in the deepest parts, and that he provides exactly what we need as we're going uh, through. He's, he really is a good God, but Satan will certainly lie about, about who God is in the midst of that. He'll lie about our own identity, who we are, and try to heap shame and blame and guilt and all those kinds of things on us, uh, rendering us sort of unworthy to be loved by God, when when obviously the Scripture tells us that God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. And so Satan tells lies to mess with our identity and how, how God thinks about us. And then uh, he tells lies about other people. He mm. 
he tries to make us think we can't trust other people, that, that other people are against us. And it, it really lends like paranoia, leads to isolation. And, uh, and that's how he picks people off and families off is just lie like crazy about God, about ourselves and about other people. You know, when we, when we look at the world around us, you know, first of all, there's no such thing as paradise on the current earth. Uh, we have to wait to come back with Jesus for the new Jerusalem. So I think sometimes Christians or people wanting to know whether they should be a Christian or not, and then they see that Christians have challenges, well, because there's spiritual warfare. And if you truly are acting as an ambassador, especially sharing your faith, uh, well, Satan's going to attack. But the Lord is with you also. So when we look at this idea about, the, you know, uh, when I get up in the morning, we may not have paradise, but if you're walking with him, you can have joy in the midst of this war. And I got to tell you, Pastor Brian, one thing I do is it's foolish to say, oh, man, things are going great. Man, I can just I can just relax because uh, I'm, in, I'm in one of those good stretches. I tend to, and I'm a leukemia survivor and some other things, I get up and, and right now I like to tell my audience, I'm preparing myself for the next incoming. I'm preparing myself for the next fiery dart. And that leads me to the next question. You had a day that arrived when the big fiery dart came upon your family, uh, for you and your wife, and uh, you're so transparent, and I thank you. But you discovered that your precious daughter had been sex, Satan attacked, fiery dart came in, Tell us how you responded and tell us the rest of the story. When I grow up, I want to work for a woke company, like super woke. When I grow up, when I grow up, I want to be hired based on what I look like rather than my skills. I want to be judged by my political beliefs. I want to get promoted based on my chromosomes. When I grow up, I want to be offended by my coworkers and walk around the office on eggshells and have my words policed by HR. Words like grandfather, peanut gallery, long time no see, no can do. When I grow up, I want to be obsessed with emotional safety and do workplace sensitivity training all day long. When I grow up, I want to climb the corporate ladder. Just by following the crowd. I want to be a conformist. I want to weaponize my pronouns. What are pronouns? It's time to grow up and get back to work. Introducing the number one woke-free job board in America, redballoon.work. Sure. Um, Our oldest daughter is 23 now. We have three girls, and um, she... <clears throat> went to college and one night uh we just kind of got that parent feeling like like something's not right we reached out and we found her just in an emotional state that didn't make sense uh with the, the trajectory of her whole life and we got her to a counselor that we knew pretty quickly and the counselor called and said has your daughter ever been sexually abused and we could not think of a time where that would even be uh, would have been possible, but they continued to work with her and they pulled a specific time, a specific place, a specific person. And that person was close to our uh, family. It happened when she was young on multiple occasions, very young, like mm. six, seven years old. 
and she blocked it until for some reason it began to come back up in her mind um, and in dreams and that kind of thing when she was about about 18. And this, uh, this was a dark night of the soul for us. This was a moment we realized we were deep in the desert and uh, it was on, on a number of fronts. We had been attacked a number of ways. First of all, we were dealing with things behind the scenes all along the way caused by this trauma, but we had no idea what the trauma was. And so uh, it just was a long journey, especially in her teenage years. And then, um, and then now we were dealing with deep depression and anxiety that she was facing the effects of trauma and the realization of what had happened, uh, it, 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 it broke, uh, her in some ways. It really, um, taxed our family. It put tension in our marriage, just trying to navigate all that comes with that. Everything from counseling to legal issues to, just uh, as a pastor of a church, trying to wow. pastor the church at the same time you're navigating huge issues like that. And so it was just brutal. It was a very difficult time. This is a, this is a war that went on for several years in our family, and, and praise God, we've experienced so much healing and, and blessing along the way, but we never really got an extraction. There was no, uh, no, no rescue. It was God with us. He, he walked through it with us day in and day out. And, uh, I thought a lot about how he teaches us to give us this day, our daily bread, you know, just enough for the day. And that's exactly, uh, that's exactly what we learned of him all along the way. I'm very thankful for those, uh, lessons. I think it's a beautiful thing that, especially the Old Testament, God describes himself in desert pictures. He tells us he, he is uh, He's our shade and what do you need in the desert but, but relief and protection of shade. He says he's our refuge, our place to run uh, in the wilderness when there's no place to, place to run. He says he knows the way through the valley of the shadow of death, that deep wadi in the wilderness when we feel like we can't survive. Jesus says he's uh, the good shepherd. And what do you need in the wilderness but somebody to guide you on straight paths? Uh, he says he's the living water and there's nothing more that you need in the wilderness uh, more than, than living water, exactly who Jesus is. And so we just learned all those pictures. Uh, of who God says he is, all those things are absolutely true. And um, he helped us a day at a time make it through just such a terrible wilderness warfare experience. And uh, and we're in some ways better for it. We're scarred, uh, but we know God in a way we wouldn't. And uh, I'm really grateful in that sense. Well, I want to share a little bit as we close out today, and that is... Um... In uh, Pastor Brian's conclusion, you know, he shares two uh, items of Scripture. When we look at 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. That's the Apostle Paul. Then, his letter to the Romans, jot down, well, first of all, jot down that verse, 2 Corinthians 4, 8, 9. Then jot down Romans sixteen twenty. 
listen to this now, listen, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of the Lord Jesus will be with you, so be it. And we got just about 30, 40 seconds left. Uh, we got two minutes. You got a minute. So, Pastor, just as we leave, those two very strong biblical ab- admonitions, a couple final things you tell our audience. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd say place every bit of your hope when you're going through uh, something deep and dark and difficult. Uh, place every bit of your hope in Christ uh, because he's worth He's worth your hope, and He is winning the victory. He's restoring all things, and He'll do that in your life and in your family life uh, as well. Uh, Abide in Him, stay close to Him, and surround yourself with people who are also close with Him. You're going to need a few other people to help you uh, make it through. Don't go it alone. Um, I think think it's hard. It would be hard, very difficult to make it on your own. Alone, so God is with you, and surround yourself with a few other godly people who will walk this this path with you too. Well, Pastor, I'm heartbroken that your daughter, you, and your family had to walk this journey. But as a pastor of a shepherd of your flock, and how you're communicating through uh, the awesome skills that God has given to you as an author. Uh, I just bless the Lord that right now, through your difficult life experiences, you've got a church watching you, you've got others watching you as your leader, and I just thank you so much because no one is immune from just about any attack, any circumstance, and I thank you for being the leader that God's called you to be. And again, uh, Pastor Brian, thanks for being with us. The book is War in the Wilderness, Fight for Your Family When Life Isn't As It Should Be. Pastor Brian Hayes, get your copy. Pastor, thanks for being with us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Christian Outlook. Our program is coming to you today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you enjoy our podcast, take a moment and tell a friend to subscribe today.